morning and welcome to Heritage Church. I am so excited that you chose to worship with us this morning. Whether you are engaging with us online and through the chat or over TV, I am so excited that you are a part of our church family. We're in a season around Thanksgiving and I just want to take a moment to let you know that something I am thankful for is you.
This is Poon. Over the last few weeks, we've heard of his journey from Burma to the United States, but more importantly, of the faithfulness of God in the midst of what seemed like overwhelming odds. Poon and his family were forced to flee their home country for fear of being enslaved or murdered by the Burmese military. At age 13, he would be responsible for the lives of his two brothers and sister as they traveled more than 1,800 perilous miles to the country of Malaysia. After being reunited with his parents, Poon was arrested and placed in prison with thousands of other people, being deprived of food and water at times while also living under the threat of beatings, torture, and death. After a month of imprisonment, the Malaysian government sold Poon to a gang on the border of Thailand who gave him two options. 
either pay a ransom to be released and taken back to Malaysia, or be sold as a slave or killed. However, we learned of the mysterious work of God in the midst of darkness as Poon met a distant cousin in prison who chose to pay his ransom and save him from enslavement and death. As I look back, all that journey, all I know is God was there with me all time. And I look forward, then God will still be there. With the help of World Relief, an organization that works to help refugees relocate and integrate, Poon and his family had their case accepted and were sent to Rock Island, Illinois. We came to Quad City with a few shirts, and if I remember correctly, I think we only have $24 for the family, and we don't know where we're gonna leave. And they said, this is your house. And then we checked fridge, there's food, meat, and we're so happy. And it was pretty cold. We don't have a boot. We have a sandal, flip-flop, and with zero English. And we don't know anyone else. And it was really, really tough. Look back to my story and that life. Um, even in Malaysia, we have family worship and we pray every night to live in peace. And our prayer and commitment is that, Lord, if you brought us to a better place, then we'll serve you. We'll, we'll serve community. And we will um, share gospel. The commitment Poon and his family made to serve God and their community has become a huge part of their lives, with Poon being a resource for many in the Chin community. He has helped people buy houses, attain citizenship, navigate legal troubles, and even been a translator for those going to the hospital for medical emergencies. My family always said, this is our journey on earth. It's not gonna last long. My dad always tell us to have good friends and in this community that uh, we can uh, we can hang out with, we can be friends with and share story with and but we never have friends and there's always something missing in our heart. Like are we in America? Are we in like that freedom country? And Always looking for a um, community where I can go, church, home, and then I found doubt about heritage. And then I started attending with my brother. After attending heritage, then I felt really welcome. I never knew the community that could love me, and I never thought that they could uh, help me this much and that much and care about me and want to help me and whatever I went through, whatever question, whatever question I asked and that's when I find, oh, this is my home, this is my city, this is my church and this is where I belong. Poon is now on staff at Heritage, creating videos like this one and the programs we see on TV each week. In Poon's story, we come face to face with the restorative work of God to bring beauty from ashes. We see a boy whose innocence was stolen, transformed into a strong man of God, who is being used to touch the lives of thousands every week. A man who lived through the unimaginable is now doing things he could never have imagined. My story is just really horrible and terrible background. Whatever I went through, prison, running, being sold, and growing up with fear and anxiety, but I'm still here, and it's because of God and His faithfulness, and He can do all things, then that's my God, then I can do all things as well. I'm not going to stop 
um, helping one another and but I'm gonna keep going moving forward I'm gonna keep running towards God and until I finish my running Justice, this endless river of righteous living that we're called into, is, friends, going into the darkness, setting right what is wrong in the power of Jesus. Justice, it's addressing what is broken and protecting the vulnerable. It's demanding dignity for others, regardless of what they look like or sound like, regardless of where they're from, regardless of who they sleep with, regardless of who they voted for or whether they annoy us or not. Justice, it's working to see the goodness of God right here, right now for everyone. So, uh, as Pastor Josh said, uh, Poon is in this service with us, and we just want to express again to him our deep gratitude for him, his willingness to be vulnerable with us and to share his story. Can we just thank him one last time for his, yeah, it's just beautiful. Thank you for that. I think that's really appropriate. And uh, the couple of things I, I want to say about that, I, I didn't have the privilege to be with you the last couple of weeks, and so I, I watched the first two videos. They, the team sent them to me, and I remember watching the very first one when they talked about his trip from Burma to Malaysia. And you, you, if you remember, if you were here that Sunday, they talked about, Poon talked about the fact that he had his siblings, right? He's got his sister, he's got his two brothers, one in the backpack, two next to him, and they're on this boat. And if you remember, the guy, the pilot of the boat said, look, if you don't shut up your little brother from, from talking or screaming, we're going to have to throw him overboard. Like, I can't imagine the stress poon that was on you in that moment. I mean, 1,500 miles to go from Burma to Malaysia, trying to take care of your siblings. No parents, they were already there trying to get. And the responsibility he had was mind-boggling to me. I mean, last week, if you were here, you remember that he talked about the fact that he ended up in prison, finally makes it to Malaysia, and then the cops come knocking on their door of their little apartment and bust down the door and end up eventually taking him and end up putting him in prison. And if you remember right, they go to the border, and all of a sudden now he's there, and they kind of they threaten him and say, look, if you don't pay a ransom, then we're going to kill you. And that's, of course, uh, what, as the story tells, the fact that a, a second cousin says, well, I'll, I'll come up with the ransom. I'll come up with the, the funds. And I can't imagine what it was like, Poon, for you in that moment uh, to say, here's my life. Am I going to continue to live or not? And it's all predicated on someone's willingness to pay my ransom, someone who I barely know. It's a family member, but I barely know them. And yet God was incredibly faithful through that all, all, all of that. And then brings him here to the Quad Cities, he and his family. And you need to know, as that video shared, that he is a leader in the Chin community. He's uh, an incredible, incredibly humble person. Like you kind of, kind of pick that up in the video, his humility, but an incredible sweet spirit and sweetheart and an incredible desire to allow God to work through him to bless other people. And I just, I want to congratulate you, Heritage, because it's because of you that those kinds of stories get told. As you continue to give faithfully here to Heritage, we're able then to, to tell those kinds of stories and we're able to bless Poon and ended up saying, wow, this guy's got tremendous gifts and abilities and ended up bringing him on staff, but we could never do that unless you were faithful in your giving. So I just want to say thank you very much for your faithfulness in giving. You make that a reality. And for those of you who perhaps are not yet trusting God with your finances, I just want to encourage you to do that. Trust God with your finances. Put them to the test. It's the only time in all the Bible where God says, come on, test me. Watch what I'll do. And I get it. Like, I understand. Like, we're about to go to the holiday season. You're like, no, you're thinking 
no way, Conrad. Like, you're on drugs if you're thinking that I'm going to trust God with my finances now. No way. Like, once we get to the first of the new year, maybe then. Can I tell you? Watch. If you put God first, watch what he'll do through your holidays. Like, maybe that gift that you want, you think it's off, you know, off the California coast on a, on a boat somewhere. Watch what God will do if you put him first. Okay? Just watch it. Because the only place in all of all Scripture, he says, test me in it. So I just want to encourage you in that. Hey, another thing is I want to encourage you tonight. We're having this wonderful prayer and worship time called Dwell, 6 o'clock right here. God is just a tiny bit more important than football. And so, um, okay, 12 of you got that joke. The others of you are saying, I'm not sure. But I, no, please don't say that. I don't want lightning to fall. So anyways, um, we want to encourage you to come for a time of worship and prayer tonight, 6 o'clock. I know you're going to be incredibly blessed by it. Um, they're just, they're planning some really cool things. I just, uh, I really want to encourage you to be here tonight at 6. Finally, I want to give you an update just before we get to the message on the pastoral transition and what in the world is happening with that. For those who are brand new to Heritage, uh, we're in the midst right now of a pastoral transition. My name is Chris. I have the privilege of just serving here in a little capacity during that pastoral transition. I'm blessed to oversee 182 churches. Uh, Heritage happens to be one of them, and I'm just acting as the kind of acting senior pastor, interim senior pastor during this time. So let me give you an update of where we are. First of all, you have an amazing board. Your, what we call the local board of administration or your tissue church board is made up of an amazing group of individuals. And I love them. And we met again this last Thursday and had a great meeting. I love working with them. They're just top-notch folks. And uh, so we met together and they have discerned. And that's a, that's a key word, discerned, not decide. It is up to the board to discern who they're going to bring to you as a candidate for the next senior pastor. They don't want to decide it. They want to discern it. There's a huge difference there that hopefully at some point I'll have an opportunity to talk about. But they also discerned a search team. I'm going to talk about the search team in just a second, but let me give you a sense of the process really quickly. It's not confusing. It's just a tiny bit involved. It's not complicated. It's just a tiny bit involved. And that is, is that we, um, again, overseeing those many churches, this isn't my first rodeo. I've been down this road many, many times before. This is kind of how we play it out. How we play it out is that we start with a congregational survey. So about a month ago, we interviewed 88 people who call Heritage their church home. And we asked them what's true about Heritage today. What's right? What's wrong? What's missing? What's confused? We asked them those four questions, and 88 people gave us their responses. We've now compiled all those responses, and those have been shared with the board and with the staff, and we want to share those with you uh, right after the first of the year, probably January 9th. Now, it's not because we want to keep them from you before then, not at all. I'd give them to you today. That's not the issue. The issue is we're trying to be sensitive to the fact that we're now in the, you know, the holiday season. We're trying to be sensitive of your schedules. So you can pencil in, don't pin it in yet, but you can pencil in January 9th. I'll be here um, and we're going we're gonna to have, I think, a congregational gathering to talk about what you said, what those folks said about heritage. So that's one piece is the vision, excuse me, the, the, the survey piece. Second is we do a vision piece. And that is, is we ask the staff and we ask the board to imagine what is it that you believe God is calling? Who is it that you believe God is calling heritage to be over the next three to five years? Who do you believe God is asking Heritage to be three to five years from now? So the board has begun that process. The staff has already done that process. The board is discerning that. Uh, we dealt with that on Thursday night for about an hour, maybe a little over an hour on Thursday night, and they're continuing that work. Once that work is done, then they're going to begin work on what's called the pastor profile, which is really simple. You take what, you know, what we found out in the survey. This is who Heritage is today. This is who we believe Heritage is, uh, that God is calling Heritage to be over the next three to five years. What kind of leader do we need to take us from here to there? And so they will write a pastor's profile based on those two pieces of information, okay? They'll do that maybe throughout December, uh, maybe right after the first of the year, they'll be working on the pastor profile. Once the pastor profile is done, then we kind of open up the floodgates and allow people to begin to send in their resumes. Now, I've already received resumes for this position. I'm telling everybody, look, thank you for your resume. Hold off until the pastor profile is written so that you know if you're qualified for this position or not. Um, and so that's kind of what we're doing. I'm guessing again that we're kind of open that. We'll kind of let it be known sometime right after the first of the year or shortly after the first of the year sometime. And then, then this group of five or six individuals um, 
called the search team, they're the ones who will do all the, all the grunt work, if you will. They're the ones that will begin to, so, you know, you get, uh, I don't know, like, don't put a gun to my head, but probably, I'm just guessing somewhere between 100 and 250 resumes will come in for this position. And uh, what the search team will do is they'll begin to, to, to look at, you know, a person's resume and to match that up to the pastor profile. And they'll kind of say, well, this is an A candidate, a B candidate, and a C candidate. And they'll take the A and B candidates, and they'll, be, they'll begin doing things like watching their messages. They'll begin to call references, and then second references, and third references. Because, please, we all know that people lie on their resumes. Sorry, it just happens. And, the, and, and people put on their resumes references of, of their moms and dads and second cousins and everybody who thinks that they're wonderful. So you have to go past that. I just has nothing to do with my message, but I did a message last Sunday. I was at a, I was at a church way up in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and true story. I University of um, Uni, who was it? The University of wasn't Michigan. It'll come to me in a second. But um, anyways, university they did this study of how often people lie. You know what they found out? Sixty percent of everybody. The University of Massachusetts. Sixty percent of people lie. Sixty percent of people lie. And they lie three times within a 10-minute conversation. That makes you feel good, doesn't it? <laughs> that true story. And by the way, the 60% swore that they were part of the 40%. I never lie. By the way, not, it's true. This is true, too. 90% of people lie when they're filling out a dating thing online. Not, women, what's the number one thing that women lie about? Their weight. Guys, what's the number one thing that guys lie about? Height, number one. Number two is education. Okay, there you go. It has nothing to do with the message. But anyway, people fill out their resumes with, you know, references. So we have to go beyond that. First reference, second reference, third reference to find out the culture that this person brings to an organization to find out who they really are. So the search team will be doing all that work. They'll bring back then to the board two or three candidates and then the board will interview them for a second time, a third time, all that kind of stuff. And eventually we'll bring you one candidate. Okay. That's how the process works. Now, um, Ask me how long that's going to take. Well, I was in a meeting that actually Josh was in. It's kind of fun. Some of you don't have no, but I actually answered to a board. That's true, a board of about uh, 14 individuals. And Josh, Pastor Josh is on that board. So is this a crazy world that he and I live in right now? Because I'm his boss as a senior pastor, but he's my boss right now because he's on that board. Um, and so I, and once in a while, I guess I should just say, yes, boss, like, you know. And did you all have fun how, how my boss just made fun of me last Sunday, you know, this and all that kind of stuff. He just had so much fun at my expense, which is totally okay. I totally deserve it. But I, um, now my wife has never been in, a, we had a board meeting two weeks ago. My wife has never been in one of our board meetings before, but she happened to sit in for a few minutes at a board meeting. And I just made the comment at that board meeting, I think we're going to know probably sometime around February. And my wife goes, not no. Um, and she's probably more right than I am. It probably will be sometime between March and May, would be my guess. So uh, you'll have to put up with me and Pastor Josh and Jeremiah between now and then. But that gives you an update, okay? So all hearts clear there. You kind of have an idea of where we're going, what's going on. You can, of course, ask me any question you want to ask. You can email me um, at the office, all that kind of stuff. We just want to serve you well during this time, okay? Okay, finally, now, I've got 14 minutes and nine seconds to preach a 30-minute message. Here we go. Strap in. We're going to have some fun. You don't need it. I need it. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit of God, would you come now in the next few moments? Would you speak to us in ways that only you can? These awesome people do not need to hear from me. They need to hear from you. So speak, I pray. In Christ's name. And everybody said... So you all know what these are, right? Now, some of you are freaking out right now. You're like, he's going to walk right off that stage, right? Hey, the good news is, by the way, that Josh's, uh, his, his son is running the camera. So I just want to go over here and over here and jump down, come back, just so he can have some fun. Uh, but so, you know, the, so virtual reality. Now, some of you, like, you were wearing a pair of these last night, probably newer, probably cooler, but you were wearing a pair of these last night because you love this. Like, you love gaming. Like, this is your thing. And I'm not shaming gaming. Like, if this is your deal, great. That's awesome. But here's the thing I am saying. 
What I am saying is that some people go through life wearing virtual reality glasses. What I mean by that is, is that you go through life missing out on everything that God has for you as you chase after other things. You give yourself to things that are quite frankly not worth your time and your effort, but you do it because you don't understand that God, the God of the universe actually has an incredible plan for your life. And what's sad is, is that so many people walk through life not recognizing the destiny that God has for them. And even when they come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, they still wear these virtual reality glasses over their life. And so they, they continue to miss out on it. And God, the Holy Spirit, is coming to us this morning and he's saying, guess what? You can actually take those off. Because I've actually got a plan for you. You, your destiny is not going to be found in TikTok. It's not going to be found on Instagram. It's not going to be found in that job or that promotion. It's not going to be found in how many friends you have. It's not going to be found in how much income you have. It's not going to be found in that. Your destiny and your purpose is only found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and allowing him to do everything he wants to do in and through your life. That's where life is found. That's where life is found. So all I want to do this morning is encourage you to take these off. Now, don't take anything else off because that could get weird, but take these off. <laughs> okay? So, here's just what I want to say. Don't, I'm not saying that we continue to use this definition, but for our purposes this, mor this morning, virtual reality is anything that takes me away from all that God has for me. Anything that takes me away, because so many people are living lives that are kind of a low-grade, depressed life. They're just living with low-grade depression because of the fact that they don't understand all that God wants to do. They're filled with anxiety. They're numb. They're bored. They're going through the motions in life. But it doesn't have to be that way. Jesus invites us into a life filled with meaning and purpose. And a guy by the name of Paul writes about that in the New Testament of the Bible when he writes to some few people that live in the city called Ephesus. And so we call the letter Ephesians. And this is what Paul writes. Once you were dead, that's good news. In other words, dead to God and his purposes for your life. Because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But... God, Woo! those are two cool words, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, say these next four words with me, what? He gave us life. Say them again. He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ Jesus. There are 15 messages in this passage that I'm just blowing by. Man, I gotta come back sometime and go over that. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And here's the thing. Salvation is not earned. It's accepted. Everything else in our, in our society is earned. We earn a paycheck. I get that. And some of you grew up in homes or you grew up in churches where you felt like you had to earn God's salvation. You had to earn. So here's what happens. You would do something wrong and then you feel guilty about it. And then you'd see somebody with, did Josh do that last week? Like, you know, do you make, yeah, okay. Anyways, I have no idea why I do that, but I do. Um, but then what happens is you see a guy with a cardboard box or a cardboard sign that says, we'll work for food. And so then you oh, I did these bad things. So now I'm going to give this guy a $5 bill or a 10 spot or something more. I'm going to give him a McDonald's card. And it's not that doing that is bad, but what we're trying to do is we do that in an attempt to try and get God to love us more. Can I tell you, God will never love you more than he does right now. 
God loves you passionately, and we can never earn his salvation. Jesus went to the cross and died in our place for our sin so that we can just accept that. We don't have to earn it. We just accept that relationship. And if you've never opened up to a relationship with him, if you've never said yes, if you're here this morning still trying to earn it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you to pray at the end of this message that you will actually and begin this relationship with Jesus Christ, not through earning it, but just by receiving it. Amen. But it gets even better than that. I mean, as if that wasn't enough, and that would be enough. For Jesus to go to a cross is more than enough, but it gets even more compelling than that. God calls us in that passage, calls us his masterpiece. Do me a favor, just turn to your neighbor right now and just say, you're a stinking masterpiece. Go ahead. Turn to your neighbor right now and just say, wow. Like I, I got a Van Gogh sitting right next to me. You guys are masterpieces. I got like a Picasso sitting like right next to me. Like who knew? Okay. You are God's masterpiece. And here's the thing. You are the incredibly awesome epic conclusion of his creation. He created the Great Barrier Reef without breaking a sweat. He created all the stars in the, in the galaxy, and then he made you. You are the epic portion of his creation. You are the explanation point on his creation. That's how much he cares about. That, oh, mm, oh how I wish I was a better communicator. And I mean that, how I wish that I was a better preacher. Because if you could ever get a glimpse of how much worth you have, and how amazing the God of the universe thinks you are, that would change everything. That would change everything for you. But he's still not done. Like, first of all, he calls us his masterpiece. I mean, it's, it's like he goes to the cross, and then he calls us his masterpiece. But then he says, I'm still not done. Because he recreates us. I love this. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. You're a brand new person. You've got a brand new destiny. You've got a brand new power source. You've got a brand, you've got a brand new life that you can begin living. Ephesians 2.10. We read this just a minute ago. I'm going back to it. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Do you know something? Here's what's amazing. Before you were ever born... Before you were ever born, God had a unique and desired plan for your day tomorrow. Tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. I have no idea where you're going to be. Some of you are going to be at school. Some of you are going to be at work. Some of you are going to be hanging at home. I have no idea where you're going to be tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. But can I tell you, the God of the universe, before you were ever a gleam in anybody's eye, knew what you were going to be doing tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. And he actually had a plan for your life tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. And he knew where you're going to be. He knew what school. He knew what company you're going to be working for. He knew what situation you're going to be in. And he wanted to work in and through you in that situation. And if we'll allow him. See, here's the thing. Psalm 139 says that, that he knew all of your days before there was one of them. And he wants to fill your days. And he wants to fill our lives in ways that will bring us incredible amounts of satisfaction and meaning and purpose and fulfillment and contentment. That's what he wants to do. Now here's the interesting thing. We all understand what gravity is, right? We all get gravity. Like if you're gonna jump out of a plane, you better hope that you got a parachute on, right? Because we all understand Earth's gravitational pull. We get that. And we've also watched, either on video or live, we also watched a, a rocket launch. And we understand the incredible amount of horsepower that takes a rocket to get up into orbit and get out of Earth's gravitational pull. 
Well, why do, I say, why do I talk about that for half a second? Here's why. Because there's a gravitational pull on your life and on my life to keep us with these things on, to pull us away from all that God has for us. Jesus talked about that when he said this. He, it's interesting. John 10, 10, he says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. Yeah, there is a gravitational pull on our lives to keep us away from all that God has for us. But there's an opposite force, and it's the person of the Holy Spirit that's drawing us into all that God has for us. And he'll give us the power if we'll let him. Again, oh, I love Paul when he writes this to some folks in the city of Rome, and he says, so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. He went to the cross for you. He's made you his masterpiece. He's done, made you a, a brand new person because of everything he's done for you. Let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Don't walk through life with virtual reality glasses on your whole life. Don't do that. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, as we spend time with him, he changes us. And he gives us the power to live a whole new life. Jesus clearly lays out our purpose and our meaning and our destiny. And then a guy by the name of Eugene Peterson takes the word of Jesus and he writes this beautiful paraphrase called the message. And this is what he says. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, let me tell you why you're here. Now, by the way, you said, right, the world is telling you, you're here to pay a mortgage. You're here to, to climb some corporate ladder. You're here to try and Get as many likes as you can. You're here just to do that. The world is trying to tell you where your worth comes from. But Jesus, the one who created you, the one who went to the cross for you, he's lovingly come along, coming alongside of you this morning and he's saying this, let me tell you why you're here. I created you. This is Jesus saying, you would not be here if it wasn't for me. You would not be taking a breath right now if it wasn't for me. And Jesus lovingly says to us, let me tell you why you're here. You're here because I've got an incredible plan for your life that I want to work in and through. And that plan includes being an incredible blessing to other people. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, you'll end up tasting, you, you'll, you, excuse me, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. But here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God's not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. And if I make you a light bearer, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? No, no, no. I'm going to put you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Ah, here's the deal. We're about to enter into the holiday season, Right? So what's, what's true about the holiday season, at least for some, no lie, my executive assistant back in Grand Rapids, her name is Michelle, she texted me, or we were talking, she said, yeah, she said, I, I mobile ordered to Starbucks to get my drink this morning, and I got there, and they said they were 40 minutes behind in their mobile orders. Now, some of you would, would break out in a rash if that happened, right? Like, oh, right? Uh, you're going to be in a line sometime in the next six weeks. You are. It's going to, it's going to be a gas line. It's going to be a line at, 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 at Sam's Club or Costco at Hy-Vee. You're going to be in a line sometime, and, and people are going to be irked. And Jesus is inviting you in that moment to be his agent of love and kindness in that time and actually having a good attitude. See, here's, here's what can happen. No lie. This is what can happen. You can actually have a smile on your face. Everybody else is kind of irked. Everybody else is kind of ticked off. Everybody else is like, and you can actually have a smile on your face. And finally, the cashier, someone says, well, you seem like you're in a good mood. Well, you know what? Jesus Christ has changed my life, and he's given me incredible amounts of patience, and I'm just thankful. Oh, wait. I, you know, can I? Chris Conrad, true. The, I was at Sam's Club yesterday. It was a Picking zoo. I was at Coles across the river yesterday. I never have extra time. This is my life. It doesn't allow for that. But I had like two or three extra hours yesterday. And I'm thinking, hey, I can do like some advanced Christmas shopping. So did half of the Quad Cities yesterday. 
Now, I didn't walk through Sam's Club, or I didn't walk through Cole saying, hey, everybody, you need to repent and know Jesus right now. Didn't do that. Sometimes it's just as simple as having a good attitude. Jesus is inviting you to be salt. He's inviting you to be light. And in those opportunities, someone may just ask you, a guy by the name of Pete, one of Jesus' disciples, right? Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that's in you. Always be ready to give a reason for why do you have a good attitude? So when everyone else is ticked, you can actually be, you can be happy. You say, God, I trust you. Like, I don't know, like this is screwing up my whole day, but I trust you, God. I trust you. And you can be that person in that situation that actually brings light to that situation. And that's what Holy Spirit is inviting you into. Uh, anyone who belongs to Christ, I'm going to go back to that same passage of Scripture. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. But then the, next pa- then the next verse, and all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself on the cross, no longer counting people's sins against them. And now he's given us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we, you and I, are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. You're not just a carpenter. You're not just a teacher. You're not just an accountant. You're not just an engineer. You're not just a whatever you are. You're not just a, a mom who stays home with your kids and, and kudos to you if you do that. You're not just a dad who stays home with your kids and kudos if you do that. You're not just a nurse. What you are is you're an ambassador of the most high God. That's who you are. And how I pray that that will come down in your spirit and in your soul. And that will actually change how you see yourself. I wish that you would put a three by five card in your car. But if you do this and you get in an accident, please don't blame me. But put someone in your car. I'm an ambassador for Jesus. That's just right. Christ ambassador. That's who you are. So when you come to Starbucks or someplace and the line is 50 cars long, I'm Christ ambassador. That's who I am in this setting, in this time, in this moment. And I could actually be who he wants me to be in that place. Now, we at Heritage want to come alongside and help you with that. So you might have seen on the way in these little red and white boxes. Steve Abel picked out the boxes. He did a great job. I love them. They're awesome. These boxes are out there. We want to encourage every family to get one. And sometimes when you go to church, you hear pastors like me, and I just did it like 25 minutes ago, encourage you to be faithful in your giving. And we want you to do that. We're actually going to reverse it today. We're actually going to give you a 10 spot when you leave. Everybody will, every family will get a red box and a $10 bill. And what we want to encourage you to do is discern over the next, I don't know, week or 10 days, God, who do you want us to bless this Christmas? And we want to encourage you to either put that 10 bucks cash in here or use that $10 to put stuff in here. And maybe you can join, with, maybe you can add some of your own money and just put things in here for the people that you discern God is wanting to bless through you. It might be a neighbor, it might be a coworker, it might be a family member, it could be anybody. And then you also find that these cool things are out there. These are just invitations to our Christmas Eve services on the 23rd and the 24th. And you can put them inside the box. We would encourage you to do that. And then to invite them to Christmas Eve to join you on one of those services. And we just want to encourage you. What does it look like to be a blessing to some people around you? What might that look like? You are Christ's ambassador. You've been given an incredible opportunity. I do not know, and pray to God someday I'll be a better communicator so I can do it better. I do not know how to convince you enough that the gravitational pull is to suck you into everything that's going on around you. But the invitation by the Holy Spirit is to say, there's so much more for you. You can join God in what he's doing, and that's why you're here. And when you join him in what he's doing, there's so much more contentment. There's so much more joy. There's so much more satisfaction in life that you won't find in football. You won't find In fantasy football, you won't find in betting on football. You won't find in relationships even. I'll tell you, I I tell you every time I'm here, I married way over my head and I am madly in love with my wife. And that's a fact. 
Mary wasn't put on the earth to satisfy me. My ultimate satisfaction comes from Almighty God. And Holy Spirit's inviting you to live that life. And I want to encourage you to do that. So, can I pray with us? God, thank you so much for the awesome people in this room. Your love for them is so immense. They are masterpieces. And some of them, God, have never begun a relationship with you. And I pray right now, in this moment, that they would say, okay, I get it. I can't earn it. It's a gift. So Jesus, I right now open up my heart. I ask you to forgive me of the stuff I've done. And help me right now to begin a whole new life with you at the center of it. I want to begin a relationship with you. And right now, today, is their day. God, for many people in this room, they made that decision a long time ago. For so many of us, our culture so desperately wants us to put on virtual reality glasses and say that other things are more important than the the plan that you have for our life. We just get sucked in so easy by the gravitational pull. And I pray in Jesus' name that right now that we would drive a stake in the ground and say, I'm going to live my life as an ambassador for Jesus at my school, at my job, in my neighborhood, with my family. That's who I'm going to be. And I'm going to watch as my contentment level rises because I'm spending more time with God. I'm going to watch as God blesses people around me through his work in my life. Do that, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said. creation all of creation all of the earth make straight a highway path for the Lord Jesus is coming soon call back the sinner wake up the saint let every nation shout at your name yeah Jesus is coming soon Like a bride waiting for a groom We'll be a church ready for you Every heart longing for our King We sing, even so come, Lord Jesus come even so come Lord Jesus come there will be there will be justice and door will be new your name forever faithful and true yeah Jesus is
If you call Heritage your church home, I am so thankful for the tithes and offerings that you have been faithfully bringing in because it has allowed us to engage in wonderful ministries like our Kwani campus at the men's correctional facility there. Just this last week, we were able to celebrate 11 men stepping into baptism as the next step in their faith journey. And that just wouldn't be possible without you partnering with us in your giving. So I'd like to invite you to give your tithes and your offerings. And you can do that either through the Church Center app or by going to heritageqc.com give. Now, there is so much going on in the life of our church, and I am so excited to see what more God has for us. And so if you would like to find new ways to get connected, you can do that by going to heritageqc.com connect. And we'd love to have a conversation with you. But for now, I'm just thankful that you are a part of our church family. And we'll hope to see you next week.